Well, welcome everybody. I am Troy Heinrichs in this square and down there in that other square or next to me or around us, depending on how the squares are lining up tonight. We have with us the other co-host of the Packers Fan Podcast. You are? I'm Wayne Henderson, podcasting since 2005. As Dave Jackson would tell you, that was way back in the day. Yes, it was. That it was. And what we are going to do here for the next oh, 10 minutes or so, we're just going to talk a little bit about what got us into sports podcasting, and especially around the Green Bay Packers specifically. Oh, yeah. uh, and then about you know, 10, 15 minutes from now, we're actually going to do our actual Packers fan podcast episode that will be out for this week. And so we wanted to kind of you know, we've been talking a little bit about stuff for the podcasting audience, but I thought also if there's anybody that's not a podcaster in the audience that wants to see just how a live to the drive show actually works, um, then we want to show you what that does. Because we, one of the things about podcasting that we try to do is, uh, you know, avoid editing as much as possible. Yes, I know they, <laughs> because editing is is needed. We don't want to say that you don't want to edit your show. We absolutely do edit the show, but we want to do as little editing as possible. And so we kind of follow a thing that's called the three P's, right? Plan, preparation, and practice. And if you can do all of that at the same time as you're prepping for your show, it, it really helps the editing become yeah, much, much a simpler lot of time up when you get to the editing so portion of the save evening. a lot of time at the end. And that includes like things like voicemails, things like um, uh, news clips, uh, a and things like making sure that your password doesn't actually go to sleep on your computer like it does, because I'm running two computers tonight. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on this one over here to make sure it's awake and operational when we go. But Wayne, why don't you talk about, because you started the Packers Fan Podcast back in 2011, and I'm just curious why you decided to do that. Originally, it was just the Packers were a segment on my original show that started with Libsyn back in 2005, the tuning in with Wayne Henderson show for back then. I did not know that, you know, niching down would be good. So I talked about lost. I talked about the Packers. I talked about uh, chocolate dipped ice cream. Then I decided to branch out and segment, uh, you know, pull out the shows, give lost its own show, give the Packers its own show. And after the Packers won the Super Bowl a few years ago, I said, now's the time I'm going to make a Packers fan podcast. And why don't I call it? Oh, the Packers fan podcast. There's an idea. I remember giving Troy a uh, a little call to ask if he ever got his uh, podcasting studio set up. He wasn't, uh, you weren't quite there ready to podcast just yet, but we knew where it was going to eventually be. Yeah, I was not quite there ready yet. And we were slowly building it out. And I think it was 2013 when we decided yeah. to jump into the podcasting space and we jumped oh, in yeah. with you on something called Under the Dome Radio, and that formed our partnership. And then over the years, because I was the gold season ticket package holding Green Bay Packers fan, Absolutely. I became known as Super Fan Troy on the Packers Fan Podcast. And as we know, in this time of our lives, we have kids and you're going to school, maybe getting a master's degree. The day job gets in the way because you're trying to pay for this awesome thing that we love to do that uh, your former co-host, uh, Dallin Christensen... Uh, decided that he had some things that he needed to take care of in his personal life and moved on from the podcast. And therefore, season five kicked off Absolutely. with a whole and new look Dallin and a whole really new helped, attitude. Uh, segments and cement the show in the very beginning, did quite a few great years with the Packers fan podcast. Now he's doing uh, 
stuff with his kids as well as his broadcasting of high school sports in the Quad Cities area. And so with the new launch, with the new host, Troy Heinrich's coming on board, we contacted our great friend Remy Lavectois up in Canada for new intros. And we got a new logo also from Canada from Mr. Mark Decote. And we're off and rolling. It's it's going to be a great season because, the you know, once we get to the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be epic. Yeah, and we've commissioned all those Canadians to help us out with the show because when you think about where <laughs> Green Bay is located, it's practically Canada. In the, anyway, uh, we just have great so friends all over the world. And it, it's fun to do and especially fun when you hear from the listeners. And two of our most involved listeners are from the UK, one in England and one in Dublin, Ireland, which blew me away that there's a lot of Green Bay Packers fans in the UK and other countries as well. So it's all good. Yeah, it's no offense to the Cowboys, who are sometimes known as America's team. But uh, yeah, when you talk about people that travel to away games the best, it is definitely the Green Bay Packer Nation because... They are everywhere. Um, there's even a, a cool thing that the Packers organization does called Packers Everywhere. And that includes a list of Packer game day bars that are on a website. And there's actually a pretty large Packer game day bar in Paris. Oh, not Lake Paris in if California. If you can believe it. In Paris, France. Oh. Not Lake Paris in California. No, sorry. But uh, yeah, it's really exciting to see how much fandom there is around this. So Maybe some tips for sports podcasting. I think a lot of people look at sports podcasting and say, Hey, you know, I want to be the next ESPN. I want to be the next, you know, NBC sports or CBS sports. And they try to be an analyst and they try to, you know, do all the things that analysts do, but maybe there's a different angle. And that's kind of why we do the fan podcasting thing that we do. So maybe share some well, tips we try to make about sure that what it fan podcasting is all about. You know, listener voicemails as well as Facebook posts, Twitter at replies or any messages we might get during the week in between the most recent episodes. So including the fans and letting them know that it really is their show because we aren't just the hosts of the Packers fan podcast. We are super fans of the 13 time NFL champion Green Bay Packers. So it's a shared project. And if you've got great thoughts about the Packers as a fan, we will definitely share them on the show and let everybody hear as many fans as we can. And I think the other good thing about being a fan podcast is that you're not trying to be an analyst. So when we're giving a recap, what you guys will hear in about 10 minutes about the last game against the Chiefs, it's coming from a fan perspective. I mean, in this case, it's special for all of you today. It was just, you know, really great karma that it all lined up the way it did because we were able to both be at the game at Lambeau Field uh, later uh, earlier this week. And because of that, we have a completely different experience watching it as fans being there and then being able to also take it from a, another standpoint of you know re- watching the replay and making sure that we understand what happens uh, from a coaching angle perspective through the NFL Game Pass option. So we are looking at it from an analyst view, but we're presenting the information from a fan's perspective. And I think that really says a lot to how fans interact with the podcast and especially enhance that brand a little bit further. Now, we wish the NFL would appreciate that a little bit more kind of like Major League Baseball has done. You heard um, from uh, Corey Finneran earlier today on the, on the stream about his relationship with the Chicago Cubs, but how much trouble Nick Suberling has been having, of course, with the Cincinnati Bengals. So it, it's a really tough road for NFL podcasters right now, and we're trying to do our best to weasel our way that in there. But nice. I think times will but be changing in the, meantime, in the next couple of years. we emphasize that we are the unofficial Packers fan podcast, 
try to keep our hands clean of anything on the other side of that. And we just have a great time. And as far as fans and being a fan podcast, sometimes I let the fan in myself go to the fanatic <laughs> level. I believe in the five years I've been doing the podcast, I've never predicted a Packers loss. Yes. If, but it, it is true in my heart. Thing. I do believe that each and every season, after I look over the schedule, I don't see any reason that the Green Bay Packers cannot win every single game. Wayne is the forever optimist. I am the person that has actually been to a few games, so I will actually be the realist in our quest for Super Bowl 50 over there in San Francisco. Uh, with that, uh, maybe just a, a quick background. What is the equipment you are using well, there, using sir, my Wayne, trusty to record a Zoom H4 that I've had forever? It's still hanging on, still recording. Uh, using the MacBook Pro with a solid state hard drive, but I don't do the recording on the actual computer. It has to work hard enough for the blabs and periscopes and Skypes and FaceTime video and all of that. And then we channel it through a, a mixer, the classic MDX 4600 compressor limiter gate. And that's pretty much it. And of course, that thing you're talking into there is looks like uh, from that it's is, cut off a little oh, bit, and a ceiling fan because it's hotter than heck upstairs here in Southern California. Yes, the high OPR 40. When I first heard Leo Laporte and Cliff Ravenscraft is. talking about it, I immediately had to partake. Uh, on this end, I'm using a Roland RO5 recorder, which is coming from a PV8 mixer with insert channels for my MDX 4600 from Behringer. I'm using the newer $15 boom arm. Uh, yeah, it's cool. it's cheap. It works. It's great. I haven't had any complaints with it. I bought a special shock mount for the ATR2100 designed specifically for the ATR2100 that did need an adapter in order to screw in for the uh, the new the newer uh, arm. So yeah, all in all, it's been great. And of course, that's all going into a Mac Mini 2011 with also a solid state hard drive. I uh, can't recommend those solid state hard drives enough. Because in the editing process and the mixing process to an MP3, very solid much so. State and because of are you, my friend, friend, Sir Troy, you convinced me to switch over to a solid state drive, and I, by some miracle of science, was able to install it myself, and it actually worked. And it's like having a brand new laptop. Let me tell you. With that, we have about a 45-minute show or so. We don't actually do this. We're not professionals, even though we went to school and actually worked in radio. So we know a little bit about being up against the clock. But our shows typically go about 40 to 45 minutes. So with that, we will kick off our actual Packers Fan Podcast show so you can see a live-to-the-drive prepared show in action. And then if we get done early, we'll open up the, the seat there, let people come in and ask any questions, and to fill up our time here until 10 o'clock in the evening. Um, as we prep, I am rolling through the show prep doc to see if my good friend Wayne Henderson added oh, anything to the show there prep is a few surprises. that I was not only was not able to see. And I do see a few surprises. And we have to throw in also, I'm just looking, where do we want to talk about our trip? Do we want to do that after we do our Okay. Uh before the we listener feedback? Let's talk, let's throw it in there. The I think that'll work out perfectly. We do, we do. Trip yes, to Lambo. And we are using Google Docs to do all of our show prep as well. Just a little tidbit for everybody out there. So with that, sit back, relax. We'll do a little Packers fan podcast live to the drive and hope you enjoy.
No one plays quarterback better than Aaron Rodgers. That's right. And whenever you record, you always want to make sure you push the red button on your recorder because that's always fun to like find out you turned up a, a oh, show man. and your recorder yeah, isn't actually recording. Missed that a few times, but that's why we both record. Now, shall we uh, mention yeah. the sponsors right before we dig in? Um, oh, yes. I completely forgot I'm about the sponsors. Right Thank now. you so much. See, Wayne it always keeps me honest, and that's the best part of a good partnership and relationship when you have a good co-host on the other side. <laughs> and with that, International Podcast Day would like to thank our platinum sponsor, Podcaster Paradise, our gold sponsors, App and Deputy and Spreaker, and our silver sponsors, Simple Podcast Press, Ringer, and Scatter Radio. Without their support, International Podcast Day would not be possible. Find all the information and special discount codes for these sponsors at internationalpodcastday.com slash supporters. And with that, now let's try to do the Packers fan podcast. No one plays quarterback better than Aaron Rodgers. The defense hit harder than a victory morning hangover. And yes, it was raining Monday night, raining touchdowns. Plus, we look ahead at the 49ers. All next on the 86th edition of your Packers Fan Podcast. Hey, Packers fans, this is your unofficial Packers Fan Podcast, and these are the podcasters you're looking for. One of these guys has been to the birthplace of Curly Lambo, and the other guy, well, he has too. And now it's time to go, Pack, go. With your host, another Packers victory and another edition of the unofficial Packers fan podcast. It's the show by and for fans of your 13 time NFL champion, Green Bay Packers. Visit the website at PackersFanPodcast.com on all the ways you can get in touch with us and be part of the next episode of the show. This one is episode 86, recorded September 30th, 2015, also now known as International podcast day and the show notes for this edition can be found at packersfanpodcast.com slash 86 on this episode we're going to break down the chiefs game taking a deeper look at ar12 and his amazing game five touchdowns 300 plus yards so cool uh the hard-hitting packers defense we'll talk about some garbage time touchdowns and the difference between the patriots approach to that as well as the packers and then, of course, the slippery slope in the rain, oh, which led boy. to, of course, we're also going to talk about the time that Troy and I had in Green Bay just the other day, what we saw, what we did, and more importantly, what we ate while in the great state of Wisconsin. Plus, we learned about some new rules that kind of tie into game day as well as some night games and how those might affect you when you visit Lambeau Field because they were quite a surprise to us. Also, travel plans. What the Packers are doing is they head west quite a few times this season and how Coach McCarthy is going to be tackling that. And, of course, previewing week number four, playing against that pesky team that always gave us problems in the past, the 49ers, as we visit Levi Stadium for the first time ever. And, heck no, not even the last time this season. Not the last Oh, right here in hot and sunny Southern California, I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan and part owner. And I am deep in Bears country. I am at Troy Heinrichs, the podcasting gold season ticket holding proud owner of our 13 time NFL champion, Green Bay Packers. And this is the Packers Fan Podcast, a proud member of the SPNT.TV Sports Podcast Network. 
And you can support the show now by keeping well, us independent and ad-free. Why don't you tell them how they can do that, Sir support. Wayne? We've got some great and fun reward levels out there for you, for the fans, as well as a chance that you, too, could go to a game with Troy Heinrichs next season at Lambeau Field. Just visit PackersFanPodcast.com support. Check out all the different levels and all the details. Well, it was a wet and rainy Monday night. You were sitting there next to me, section 122, row 45, seats 1, 2, and 3 for your lovely wife. And we had a great time watching Aaron Rodgers. This guy I mean, is unbelievable. Just think about it. In, in the rain. It's, I thought crazy. for sure I've touched the out. Rain, it was in going the rain. to become more of a ground and pound game, but no. And, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers on TV is one thing, but when you see him in person and you don't have to miss a lot of the stuff that he does, if you really want to focus on how he plays his game, yeah, there's something magical going on there, and I am sure glad that he's on our team. Yeah, you talk about magical. 20 consecutive regular season home game wins, won by an average, an average of 16 points. That's a lot of gap. That that That's the just enough that it's two scores, so you don't have heart attacks in the fourth quarter. I like those games. He's got 580 pass attempts without an interception at Lambeau. And in the last 18 games, he was 30, 394 of 572 for 5,212 yards and 48 touchdowns, averaging 34.8 per game with a record of 17 and 1, with the only loss coming to those. Those days. Presky 49ers in the playoffs. To the Niners, I'm pretty sure. Now, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right. And Demarius Sunday. Russell, I mean, we've mentioned him on the show briefly before, but in case you forgot his name, just ask Charchandrick West of the Chiefs. You know, open field tackling, reading the pass plays, and making some of those big hits possible, like the one that West took Monday night in the rain. You know, I don't want to get hit really hard, especially in the rain. I don't want to get hard, period. And man, when Demarius just cold cocked him on the sideline, it was like you could hear it when crunch and then the balls there on the grass. And he's like in another part of the zip code. It's probably over in a done the way that it came across. It, it's really amazing when you think about it, how close, how close it was going to be the Ashwabanon Packers because the city limits are literally at the edge of the parking I, I think lot. Green Bay has They're more of Green a Bay. ring to it Pretty when impressive. people say it on television. Ashwabanon would give people troubles day in and day out. Yeah. <laughs> be a sports podcaster. Ashwabanon Packers. That'd be weird. Ha <laughs> ha, Clinton Dix. Now, he had a pretty massive hit coming right over the middle. And this officiating crew on Monday night, it's the same crew that throws out more yellow freaking hankies than any other NFL crew this season. But as of today, he was not yet fined for that hit because if you watch the replay, it was shoulder pad to shoulder pad. It was the cleanest, loudest hit that I think I've ever seen next to Demarius Randall's, of course. And it was clear that he was just playing at a, a really high level and he was able to be fine. And we would be remiss to say that Haha and Micah Hyde because of Morgan Burnett's injury, actually played all 71 snaps of this game. Absolutely. That is and pretty impressive for two guys again, in safety. Been sacked with so many injuries that the next man up philosophy really kicks in, and playing that entire game was fantastic. 
And how about the pass rush? It's good to see that we have one. J. Ron Elliott, Joe Thomas, Clay Matthews, and Nick Perry, just a few of the linebackers that got sacks on Monday night because everything was happening all over the place. And, you know, B.J. Raji finally having a good year after I wrote him off in preseason after how he's been the past few seasons. So Raji, Gaston, and Mike Daniels, who had his best game yet with five pressures, one and a half of which were for a sack against it's pretty impressive because you think of Tardif, who's he's matched up against, is like four inches taller than him, but he still got through, got the advantage, and things happened. And I think it was partially due to the very loud crowd. Even being rained on, the Lambeau faithful were loud. Yeah, I mean, the, the previous record, I think, was somewhere around 78,100 patrons, and we were there and it was over 78,100 again. So we might have set a new record at Lambeau Field on that Monday night. We were even commenting as people were coming up and down the stairs, going to their seats right before the national anthem. It, it just seemed more crowded, and it was really great to see because most other teams, yes. if it's sprinkling outside, not even raining, because it was raining in that third quarter, <laughs> um, not even sprinkling outside, that stadium would be half empty. Everything was full. The, the suites, the standing room, the new south end zone, Packed solid. It was just fantastic. Loudest it's ever it been was in Lambeau wild. game. But and I've been first, even you know, including being a from drought-ridden Southern California, when water started falling out of the sky, I about lost my mind. Then I wished I had a cheese head <laughs> so I could uh, turn it upside down, save some of the water, and bring it home with me on the flight. But, oh, well, it just dripped off us. T- TSA doesn't they, allow cheese heads. They don't even the allow that much water either. <laughs> now, the run deep. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. That's true. That's true. Only three ounces. Now, the the run defense, uh, Charles did find the end zone three times on Monday night, but that was to be expected because Alex Smith can't throw the ball to anybody that's a receiver except for Jeremy Macklin. But what was surprising was for a team that gave up 189 yards, 5.7 yard average on the ground to Chicago in week one and 119 yards with a 4.8 average on the ground to Seattle in week two. They only gave up 49 yards to Jamal Charles and a 75-yard total for 4.2 yards in the total for the game. That is a downward down into the right for yards per yes. game average on the ground against the Packers, and I think that's the direction we want to be in. I'd like to see that fall just a little shy of three yards on average because then they're not getting first downs, right? Because three and a half and you get a first or down. So let's get it down less. to 3.2. Yeah, especially well after set. the first game this season, we were a little concerned about the run defense because if the Bears are able to run on us, what were what was going to happen with the better teams? But we pulled it together. Now, it wasn't all perfect that Monday night in the rain. Garbage time touchdowns. Oh, it frustrates me to no end that our defense, for whatever reason, whether it's coaching or attitude, or just celebrating too early. The fact that we always seem to allow teams to get garbage time touchdowns, it drives me nuts. And, you know, I've talked to some people, oh, I saw the score, you won by 10, so it was a pretty close game. No, it was not a close game. We demolished them the entire game. Garbage time touchdowns shouldn't even give you a full seven points. (laughs) I agree. And you look at something that, like, New England Patriots versus Jaguars, I believe, was this week. And they just kept running up the score, and you're like, "Oh man, Pee Wee football! You know, let 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 the guys at least play and have practice, and let them at least feel like they're winning or something." And I, I think I'm starting to feel like I kind of want that attitude too for the Packers. I really want to see us just keep the pressure on, and if you got to sub out, 
you know, the starters for second string or something to do that and keep the pressure on without getting our starters hurt. That's fine. No. But keep the pressure on. Do not play prevent defense in the third quarter. Do not just let them pass over the middle. And if you're going to run out the clock, then at least run some plays that at least get you third and short. That way, if you're going to run on third and short, you have a better chance of getting the first down or at least doing a short pass. So you're not taking a risk by throwing an interception. Not that Aaron Rodgers has done that in the last 20 games of Lambeau. But I think we really need to keep that pressure on because 31 to 7 at half, and then all of a sudden it's only a 10 point victory. That's a little frustrating for the As people that stick around do. in the rain. Now, let me ask you, Troy, four quarters. do you think it's coaching and McCarthy tells the team to pull up a little bit, don't risk injury, play light? Or do you think it's the defense themselves maybe celebrating a little too early and just slacking off? Well, I, one of the things I could say is that the defense played with such high intensity in that first half. They could have just gotten tired out, to be quite honest, with the cold because the cold front was coming through and then the rain still falling. So maybe the weather did play into that a little bit um, because we did score some offensive touchdowns in the second half, too. So it's not like the offense completely stopped. But yeah, the the defense did look a little sluggish in that second half. And maybe it was just because they were so amped up for that first half. I mean, it was a defense I've never seen before back in, you know, maybe that 15 and one season. Which this season is very much reflecting so far. Now, Devontae Adams, I was adamant. I mean, people were actually yelling at me on the Periscope. We did a live Periscope from the stands before the game started. They're like, Devontae Adams is cleared. He's going to play. He's going to play. And I said, look, it doesn't matter if he's going to play. He shouldn't play. He has a sprained ankle. We have a very deep receiving core. Ty Montgomery did great stuff last week. We could still go to Jeff Janis if we needed to, plus the tight ends. There is no reason Devontae Adams belongs on the field. We start out the series. We get the ball first expectation for Packers fans and coach McCarthy is we score seven on the first possession of the game and they throw to Devonte Adams twice. And on the third play, Devonte Adams is out with the worst sprained ankle than he had coming into the game. And now he's out for the next week and the week after that. So I said, don't play him. <laughs> We've got Again, to get that to hotline Troy, fixed so the Packers about. can ask your opinion. And speaking of hotlines, the officiating crew, you touched on it a little bit. That Monday night crew at the game, they call the most penalties of any crew in the NFL so far in this young season. I mean, there were yellow flags going everywhere. They're they're getting worn out. And some of them were legitimate calls, but some of them were, eh, I don't think they should have been called. Now, I don't know why they call the game that yeah. tight. Yeah, I mean, it was almost to the point where they were just kind of like joking around and congratulating each other, like, hey, bud, good to see you. Tap you on the back. Oh, no, that's a personal foul because you touched the other guy. It was ridiculous on some of those calls. It was just uncalled for. It was raining. The game ended over three hours. It, it's just unnecessary. Let the peop- you know, let them play football. If it is something helmet to helmet or something that's leading with the helmet on a tackle, protect the quarterback, protect the kicker. We get all of that. It's totally fine. But some of these were just... Boneheaded and calls. In fact, I heard somebody right comment to see what around halftime after already so many flags. They're like, oh my goodness, this game's really going to slow down and take forever. And we're sitting here in the rain. <laughs> Let's just start scoring points and get this thing done. So, of course, we had injuries. I mentioned Devontae Adams. Let's run him down. Now, Eddie Lacy, he was limited during the game. He split time with uh, James Starks which I think was a great idea. I still think you should have sat Lacey completely and you could have rotated Starks and uh, and uh, Harris if you wanted to go that route. 
but they did rotate Lacey and Starks limited. So I think we just got to keep a look at the uh, the practice schedule to see what Lacey I think does he would do really well ready for against San, San Francisco. Francisco. He, even though maybe we should have rested him, he did do pretty well in the game. So with Starks, I'm surprised how well he's been able to run. Yeah, he's been really, really great these last two weeks. But now we have an issue at the tight end because Andrew Corliss, uh, he goes down in the game with a possible MCL issue out a few weeks, according to Rob Domboski over at ESPN. We actually then took a look at the practice squad signings, and they actually signed tight end Blake Annan to the practice squad today. So that really clearly shows us that there's some concern there at that tight end position. Not that Richard Rodgers is a concern, and I think people should pick him up for the bye week as we go into number four here for a tight end pickup because the San Francisco secondary is pretty porous. But yeah, it's a really concern that Corliss might be out for a little bit longer than we think because Verlaga's out with that MCL. Including Morgan Burnett. You know, he was out for the Chiefs game, keeping an eye on his situation to see if maybe he comes back to practice a little further and can play against San Francisco this coming week because, you know, San Francisco on paper doesn't look like too much of a threat, but we can't overlook any team. And it'd be nice to get some revenge for all the times they beat us recently as well. That it would. That it would. Now, Dayton Jones coming back off his suspension, but uh. played in two games. And now he's gone again because someone on our own team slid into Dayton and helmet to helmet crash. He's got a concussion. They're going to be monitoring him, of course, throughout the week. Question will be is will he be ready by Sunday on a short week turnaround with a concussion protocol? I believe so. I don't think that's going to instant happen. We I saw that hit, even Sunday. live from the 45th row. It looked horrific. And Latroy Guyon, now he is returning from his suspension. We've been waiting patiently, going to see if they make room for him to actually come back and be able to be playing in the game. But they signed Joe Thomas, you know, after Josh Boyd went out for the season last week. Uh, injuries everywhere, but if if Guyon can get back in the mix and be up to speed, I think he will be a big plus in this game. Yeah, I'm very curious to see which roster spot they move, who they're going to release or move to the practice squad in order to make room for Guyon to come back because we are at the max 53 at the present time. And then, of course, we have Balaga. He is uh, looking to target week eight for a return, and I think we're okay. You know, the offensive line hasn't looked as sharp when Balaga is in there. Bakhtiari had a few during, again, uh, throughout the course of this game, you know, letting that blind side come open. But Rodgers, again, healthy ankle. He's been able to scramble and keep the play alive. There were some times in this game, I was just looking at Rodgers going, where did he come from? Because it was all white and red jerseys. And then whoop, there he goes. It, and it's like, he oh, takes man, a bad how did he get out of there? And makes it better. Amazing. He can escape in miraculous ways. AR-12 for the win. So our NFC North notes, we like to run down a little bit what's going on in our division because obviously we talk about it all the time. McCarthy says, step number one, win the division. Step number two, win home field advantage. Step number three, yes. win the Super Bowl. So at step one, we're looking pretty good because the Packers Undefeated, are... Undefeated, first old, baby. place, three and all Packers. I like the place. sound of that. And with the Vikings being two and one, you know, we do have to keep our eye on them because they looked absolutely horrific week one, but now they've eked out a couple of gains now that they figured out Oh, hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson. But with the Lions and the Bears just falling off the rails, being at 0-3 while we're sitting atop at 3-0, and it's great to have a little bit of uh, breathing room there. Yeah, and the one thing that we want to mention is that as NFC North people, you know, we cheer for the Bears. 
We do. We cheer for the Lions. When when these teams are not playing the Packers, we want to see the NFC North do the best they can because these are the staples of the NFL, especially when it comes to Packers and Bears. You know, we're not we don't hold grudges. We know that they're a worse team than we are. We get that. It's fine. But we still want to make sure that if we have to represent something in the postseason or at least towards the end of the season, we want it to at least be competitive because when you win against teams that aren't so good, you know, it makes you kind of look like the Patriots. We want to make sure we win against teams that are good because then we earn those victories, which is definitely something we want to make sure. But this year it's going to be tough. And those, the Lions just can't figure it out. They're so close every week. And they <laughs> yes, just fall I do short. Know. And and Bears, speaking well, of that, I saw know. a new AP poll that came out uh, Tuesday afternoon on my trip home. It had the Patriots, Packers, and Broncos ranked at one, two, and three. And the Bears were ranked at number 32. And in case anybody doesn't know, there are still so 32 only out of 32, 32 teams in the NFL. Not very good. I'm still disappointed that they haven't put the Packers number one with the way we stuffed the run game against Seattle and stuffed the run game against the Chiefs. It, really frustrating that the Packers yeah, are number one. Deal, when they you run like up a whole bunch like of points the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Disappointing. Disappointing. So we're going to be heading out to Levi's Stadium. That's the San Francisco 49ers new home. What are we going to see when well, we take the field that jumped out of Sunday me from the official Packers.com dope sheet that they've been publishing since long before there was even the internet, I believe. The, you know, this year the Packers are three and O for the first time since 2011 when we did start 13 and O. And this is the third three and O start we've had under coach McCarthy. And the Packers are one of seven teams. There's only seven teams still undefeated. I would have thought there'd be a lot more than that. And for the third time in just the last five years, Green Bay has scored over 95 points in their first three games. You know, from 1970 to 2010, the Packers only surpassed 95 points in their first three games once. And that was in 1996 when they scored 115 points. Another banner year in Packers history. Uh, coincidence? Maybe not. And they not. won a Super Bowl that year, I do believe. <laughs> and like you said, it's the first time we're going to be playing at Levi Stadium, but it's, in my opinion, only the first of two appearances this season if our Super Bowl stays in our future. Super Bowl 50, the Golden Super Bowl, near the Golden Gate Bridge. Just give us the tr- trophy. It's ours. Oh, thanks so much. Now I'm going to have analyst lines like Troy Buck and Berman and Boomer and all those guys. Oh, oh the Golden stop. Gate. There's a Golden uh, Super The Packers ball. offensive line has only given up three sacks in the first three games of the season, which is tied for sixth fewest in the NFL. It's the fewest in a Green Bay offensive team since like the first three games of 2010 when we allowed only three, which is good because we don't want quarterback Aaron Rodgers broken. And if he throws for 300-plus yards this coming Sunday, it'll be the 42nd time that he's had a 300-yard passing game in his career in the regular season. And yes, 42, one of the lost numbers. And a notable connection that was in there that I kind of lost track because time flies in football years. Packers head coach Mike McCarthy used to be San Francisco's offensive coordinator in 2005. And the funnier thing was, if you don't know about the Kansas City quarterback, Alex Smith, he used to be in San Francisco, and it was when Coach McCarthy was in San Francisco that he chose Alex Smith well, over Aaron Rodgers in the draft. Absolutely. But I don't know if Mike McCarthy the had too the much there. to do with that decision. Well, he helped out. He kind of guided it a little bit, I suppose. Yes, but I'm sure he was glad to have Aaron Rodgers on Monday night instead week. of Alex Smith. Well, once again, some other tidbits. 
running game is going to be key because if the offense for the other team is on the field more than we're on the field, that keeps the secret weapon on the bench, Mr. AR-12 himself. And so Carlos Hyde is the key to beating the San Francisco 49ers and Kaepernick in, in some ways. A lot of these uh, West Coast teams are running the same kind of style offense as Seattle did. So if we can bottle up Carlos, focus a little bit on Colin, making sure he throws the ball, then we'll be in good shape because whenever Colin Kaepernick throws the ball, it's always to the other team this year. So I think we'll be in good shape. If we I can can't believe sure he he, he's Colin Kaepernick's just about the last 49er left from those years when he, they beat us all the time. Everybody else bailed, even the coach. Uh, and the bail gone out. Uh, the secondary for San Francisco is even Woo! more porous than the Seattle offensive line. So I have a, a thing that uh, Cobb is going to basically go uh, maybe 10 catches in this game. I think Cobb's going to be all over the place. He's already gone for 15 catches on 207 yards and three tutties in the last two games. And I'm absolutely 100% sure James Jones will keep his streak going with another touchdown catch this week as well. And now that Corliss is out, I've already predicted it once this season and it came true. Keep an eye on Richard Rodgers at the tight end position. If you're looking for someone to pick up for your bye week, Richard Rodgers is definitely going to be in Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> sight. We call it Rodgers squared. For the win. You see Rodgers to Rodgers for a lot of points this week. Troy Heinrichs said it right here on the unofficial Packers fan podcast. And James Jones. Like you said, still doing really well. I can't believe the Giants and Raiders didn't think he was good enough. You know the Giants and Raiders are watching him score all these points with the Packers and just shaking their heads like, wow, wow, wow. Let's go ahead and dig in with our scoring predictions because we were relatively close last week. We both uh, pick a Packers victory, and, you know, we kind of underestimated how well both teams would do, but the Chiefs, you know, garbage touchdowns, you can't really count those very much. Yeah, the Vegas line was 49 for the over-under, and we were off by a bit. I said 31-17. You said 31-18, and it ended up being Packers 38, Chiefs 28. I think the 38 was because we had to score an extra touchdown. <laughs> yeah, details, so really, Troy, we details. were right at the end now of the day. Coming. Oh, if Cliff yeah. Ravenscraft hears that you're doing math on a podcast. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. Well, so where do you think you're going to land this week? I went first last week, so you get to go first this week. We have a 48.5-point spread, and right now the line as of this recording is 8.5. More people are starting to put money on uh, San Francisco. I saw the line as high as 9 uh, earlier in the day today, but that means that more people are putting uh, on San Francisco, so that line is mean, going to close up a little bit. Anything can happen in the game. Any team can beat any team. But I think this is just the Packers' year. This is the Packers' week. The 49ers are horrible. Somehow the 49ers are going to score 12 points, but I believe the Packers are going to score lost number 42. So 42 to four, 42 to 12, I think the Packers are going to win by 30 points. That would be amazing because I want to get a very close only to you, 41? sir, Wayne. I have Packers going 41, only 41. That's five touchdowns. I predict, I predict five touchdowns for Rodgers. In this one, also five touchdowns for Rodgers with two field goals, and the Niners will come up with a poultry sixteen. That gets me uh, fifty-seven for my oh, well. over. A victory is a victory. I think we're going to win by a lot. And of course, if the Packers haven't learned from last week, allowing you know all of these garbage time touchdowns, the Niners might squeak out a couple accidental extra points. But 
That's how I see it. 42 to 12. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go indeed. Now, the reason why San Francisco people are trying to put money on San Francisco, and again, gambling is for entertainment purposes only, we want to make sure that West Coast trips are never fun for anybody, whether we're going to oh, West Coast or that. the West coming Coast home, is coming into uh, Central or Eastern time the, zone. My visit with so, you in uh, Chicago yeah. and Green Bay and coming back to the West Coast yesterday, that wasn't fun. So I can only imagine if I was a professional football player and I had to come West and play a game the next day. Oh, amazing stuff. It was so good. We traveled, what, four hours in the car in total, and then you had to travel four hours on a plane and then drive like almost an hour and a half to your house. But at least so it was like a broken up day by of different modes of Sir transportation and cheese curds. Cheese curds are important. Cheese curds all the way. So what McCarthy is going to do to combat that so that we don't have jet lag like Sir Wayne Henderson does today is he's actually going to institute going out a day early this year. Now, the last time this has happened was when Mike Sherman was the coach right after Mike Holmgren when he went out a day early as well. So this way they're going to have to actually find some place to practice on Saturday because they're going to be in the San Francisco area on Friday instead of Saturday this year. And they're actually going out to the West Coast three times because they also have the Cardinals and the Raiders. Luckily, the Cardinals and Raiders are actually back-to-back games on the road. And so McCarthy is actually thinking about maybe staying out there and finding a place to practice to reduce the amount of travel back and forth the problem is, is that that Cardinals and Raiders game goes over Christmas. So he's still trying to figure out because he always gives them off for Christmas. So are they going to fly him home for maybe one day and then fly him back out again? Because he ensured the team that they will be home for Christmas with their families. But it wouldn't make sense to stay and out a there. And factor have- might be, you know, I think it's conceivable we could win the NFC North division by then. And that might uh, make the decision easier. With that, let's talk about your trip to Lambeau. Now, I've been there a few times. You came up and saw the Bears get defeated pretty heavily on uh, twenty in twenty twelve. Uh, what was this experience like? Now, coming with your wife and doing a couple extra things. Now that we have a brand new Packers Hall of Fame, a brand new Packers Pro Shop, a brand new nineteen nineteen restaurant, Lambeau Field looks awesome on the inside, fully enclosed now with the suites in the south end zone. I mean, was this just more epic than 2012 or similar feelings, but different fun? A similar feelings. The the rain, you know, is just one of those things you have to deal with. There was no rain last time, but it definitely was more epic than ever. In fact, the new Packers Hall of Fame and the new 1919 restaurant are so new that they both smell new. Right? What have they been open just three weeks, a month, something like that? Yeah, just since training camp this year, it's it's pretty impressive what they were able to do in one season to get that ready. And the the Packers Pro Shop, I mean, that's the biggest gift shop I've ever seen in my life. It's also got the biggest price tag of any gift shop you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, since I didn't win the lottery before going on my trip, I didn't actually purchase anything. But there were some cool things that I really liked there. But it's just so classy. The entire Lambeau Field and all of the Packer-related things is it's classy, it's family friendly, it's done in a top notch way. There's nothing hokey about it at all. And watching a lot of the Chiefs fans that did make the uh, pilgrimage to Lambeau Field for the game, even though I'm sure they left the game unhappy because their team did not represent the the rest of the things that I saw them enjoying at Lambeau Field. I think many Kansas City Chiefs fans would give huge thumbs up for the entire Lambeau Field experience. And the 1919 restaurant was delicious. 
and the best cheese curds I had on the whole trip because I don't see cheese curds very often out here in Southern California, but I knew I was in Wisconsin. So I, I had them at a few different places so that I'm stocked up on the cheese. So of all the things you ate besides the cheese curds, what was your favorite meal of the weekend? Favorite meal of the weekend was actually, that's a tie. Oh my goodness. Is it lame to give a tie? Because the Japanese swordfish at, uh, what, what was the name of that restaurant? It was rock, like Benihana. Yeah, Rock Bonky, like a Benihana, but better. But better. It, that was delicious swordfish. But then the night of the blood moon, when we ate at, uh, I forget which restaurant it was. It's all blurred together, but there was some cheesy uh, chicken breasts that, uh, what was that called? That was Asiago or something? Yeah, Asiago Chicken Parm or something like that. At what place was that? It was uh, Pullman's, Pullman's down by the river. Oh, the, the trolley, old, place. Old trolley place. Yes. My wife loved it too. And for her, she hadn't been to Green Bay since that year. The Packers went four and 12. We picked a fine year to go on Monday Night Football. It was 29 degrees. We froze. We lost in the final seconds to the darn Vikings. And she was blown away even more so than I, as far as how much Lambeau Field has changed just since that time. In fact, she says she could not believe how loud it was. And because of, yeah, because of all the changes, one of the things that we found out when we got there, because it was a night game, is that the pro shop and the Hall of Fame, as well as the parking lot around the stadium, are actually open for people to visit all day long up until 3.30 in the afternoons. But you do have to be a ticketed person. So you have to have a ticket for that night's game in order to get into the stadium property before 3.30. So even if you want to come visit for the day, you can't. You have to be a ticketed holder for that game. But you can come and go in and out of the stadium all day up until 3.30 and park in the lot. And then basically at 3.30, you have to move your car, go find your actual parking spot for the night, come on back, and then they let you in uh, back into the stadium. And then once you're in, you're in. So we came in, I think it was about 4.30-ish or so. And then that's what led into the 1919 for dinner. And then we, of course, went into the stands and we sat, watched practice, and then did our 12-minute periscope of the inside of Lambeau Field, which I think is a great way for podcasters to take what they're doing and go on the road because we do have these great fans out in England. They were still up at that time because it hadn't been past midnight over in the U.K., and they were watching the Periscope, and it's just an experience that they'll never get um, in their lifetime unless they can make it over here because, of course, season tickets have been sold out at Lambeau Field for eons, uh, literally eons. The Packers have been around that long. In fact, I've been on the waiting list for season tickets for 20 years now, and I just got my postcard recently. I think I'm up to number 33,000. So, you know, all they need to do is double the size of the stadium, and I'm in. That would be so nice, wouldn't it? Can you imagine 140,000 Packer fans? It would be sold out. I can almost guarantee it. It absolutely would be. (laughs) Speaking of those UK fans, we had some of our friends call in before the game. This is our good friend, Cullum. Take a listen to what Cullum had to say. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Troy. Cullum here from Dublin, Ireland. Just checking with you guys and wishing you a great time at tonight's game. Uh, Go Pack Go. Keep it up, guys. Have a great one. Bye. Then Cullum actually called us. (laughs) I hope he has an international plan. (laughs) Yes, he dialed plus one, 
7469, regular toll charges and international toll charges do apply. But, you know, we also have SpeakPipe available on the PackersFanPodcast.com website. And you can always send us an email. But great to hear from Colm in Dublin. And, you know, the 1.30 a.m. kickoff was just right up his alley. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we had friends that are a little closer to home out in Arizona. Uh, this is from Miguel. He called right after the game had finished. Hey, guys, this is Miguel Ramirez in Phoenix, Arizona. We just watched the Packers beat the Chiefs. We got our tickets for Arizona and the Packers in December. We're super excited. We can't wait to watch the game. Go, Pack, go! Go, Pack, go! Go, Pack, go! Now, Miguel, that is parenting done right because I can hear your kids saying, go, Pack, go in the background. Very well done. And, that, you know, the rate things are going, if the Cardinals can keep it up, that game will probably get flexed to Sunday night. That that could, who knows, be the battle of the undefeateds. It would be interesting to see. One more here. This is Ryan from Aaron Rodgers' hometown. Hey, Wayne and Troy. My name is Ryan. I am from the hometown of Aaron Rodgers, Chico, California. I'm a huge Packers fan, and I am – quite surprised and quite relieved by the team this year. I mean, we always think it's going to be good, right? But the defense is acting surprisingly well after three games, the last two in particular. Our offense is acting as expected, but without Jordan Nelson, I would say it's acting better than expected. Now, the question is, can our defense hold up? I've been one of those guys that have been calling – for Dom Caper's job for years. He's sure he's, he's been steady, but has has steady been a good thing? We need to improve. And I'm not sure that he really truly knows how to improve the defense as he needs to. But like I said, our offense has already gotten, always gotten us through. I mean, look at Aaron. He's, he's playing better than I've ever seen a quarterback play. And that's probably going to continue, but can our defense hold up against these better teams? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna play the Patriots in the Super Bowl or any, I mean, there, some of these AFC teams. I mean, or in, even NFC. But I mean, we've already beaten the best NFC team. I would say they have great offenses, and we need to be able to hold them. Sure, Aaron can typically outthrow them, but we also need to keep them to low points. So the question to you guys is. Can our defense hold up or not hold up, but actually improve? Thank you. And go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go indeed. Thank you so very much, Ryan, for calling in. And that's a legitimate question that I don't think we fielded yet this season. Because to me, it seems like the defense seems to do just enough and the offense can overcome whatever the defense might be lacking. But what do you think about his thoughts there, Troy? I absolutely think the defense would hold. I mean, you look at the Chicago game specifically. We gave up so many total yards on offense to the Bears of all people. But yet every time they got in the Ren zone, our title was for that episode was called Ben, but don't break. And they only gave up field goals. So 16 points on field goals. I'm all good with that. We can make sure that happens again against the 49ers. I think that what you're seeing is a Dom Capers who understands that the base 3-4 defense is not the way to go. And we I think we only played the base 3-4 defense like only a few times in the entire Kansas City game, like three or four. And because of that, we're getting a lot more nickel and dime packages, rotating those linebackers in and out, doing some different schemes. I think we are in the right place for a prime defensive stance 
and then people to finally stop calling for Dom Capers head, at least for one season. That would be nice. And I'm sure Dom Capers would feel the same way that, you know, give me a break. We're undefeated right now, but it it is a concern. And I, over the past five years of the show, I've heard a lot of people call for his job, but at the point that we're undefeated and like uh, Ryan even said, we've beaten the, probably the best, the other best team in the NFC. So, you know, if it all goes well, and even if it's a Packers versus Patriots Super Bowl, I think that we've done such a good job rotating in different schemes that we will be ready. We will be ready indeed. And with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Packers fan podcast. The unofficial Packers fan podcast is not affiliated with the NFL or the Green Bay Packers, but we'd like to be just shoot us a email media at PackersFanPodcast.com. And don't forget to become one of the Packers Fan Podcast faithful. Visit PackersFanPodcast.com slash support to see how you can make the podcast even better and more fun. And you can always follow our Twitter account at PackersFanPod. And if you want to follow us on our personal accounts, please do. I'm at Wayne Henderson. And I am at Troy Heinrichs. Be sure to like us on Facebook as well. Just visit PackersFanPodcast.com slash Facebook to join the community. Now, remember, PackersFanPodcast.com slash feedback is where you can go to get your thoughts in after the Niners game this week and what you hope to see from the Packers when we play the Rams at home. Coming up after that, be part of the next episode. But until next time, thanks again for listening to the Packers Fan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes as we go on the road to Frisco. Now help us cheer on the pack with a really solid Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! And that's a fully produced podcast in less than 45 minutes for International Podcast Day. I am at Troy Heinrichs on Twitter. You can follow me there. I'm at Wayne Henderson. Please follow me there. And we have three minutes while we wait for our next group of people to jump on in and take over the reins for the next hour here for International Podcast Day. If you have any questions in the chat room, feel free to jump those in. Uh, if you want to jump in the hot seat and chat for a couple minutes while we wait for our next group. To step on in, that would be fantastic. I'm assuming his test pattern on Jason Bryant's thing is because he uh, does not like the Packers at all. <laughs> Look at his smile. Boo! <laughs> what the deuce, Jason? <laughs> and he's going, uh, hello, hey, Amy. Hey, good to be here, guys. Just heard the end of yours, had to feed my daughter a little bit of dinner, so I'm just jumping back in. What a crazy 30 hours, huh? Yeah, it's it's been fantastic. Wild ride. Seriously. It looks like Jody's here as well. Hey, Jody. Hello. Hola. So what do you guys have up on tap for the next hour for International Podcast Day? So we run a local meetup group here for the state of Washington, and that's a big group to cover. And so we just want to talk about how it's important to meet out up to other people and the best way to make those connections, those kinds of things.
I love meetups. Meetups are always so much fun, especially yes. in the podcasting community. Even if you're doing sports or if you're doing, we have a group in town that plays euchre on Monday nights, if you can believe it. So meetups are always fun. I'm going to be glad that I'm going to tune out, make sure I can listen to you guys. Thanks so much again from the Packers Man podcast. We'll see you guys later. Have a good talk. Later. Thanks, buddy. Take Great care. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Right on.